0: This is a Founding Media Podcast, produced at Austin Community College District. Welcome to Science and the Mall, y'all. I'm your host, Dan Dillard. From curing diseases to reducing invasive species, we've learned about a lot of amazing work that companies are doing at ACC's Bioscience Incubator, and the incredible interns that keep the place running. But Behind the scenes of it all are the professors at ACC who prepare students for the lab and all the innovative work that awaits them after graduation. Samantha Croft and Nancy Lyon join our show today to discuss how the craft of teaching has evolved in our information saturated society, shifting to a focus on critical thinking and gaining professional hands-on experience. Sam has been a biology professor at ACC for over 10 years and is involved in the administrative side as faculty senate member, helping teachers with their professional development. As the director of ACC's Bioscience Incubator, Nancy spends less time in the classroom than Sam, but they both share the same goal, to prepare their students for a successful career once they leave the lab. Sam and Nancy share how they create a learning environment that fosters confidence in their students, why the ACC Bioscience Incubator has integrated asset-based learning and the importance of reframing failure as an opportunity for growth. Let's jump in to hear more from Sam and Nancy about the innovative teaching methods at ACC and why they're banning the word fail. I've really enjoyed the learning aspect of all the guests that we've had on the show, and it's it's been amazing just Taking a peek into the different lives of what the individuals are doing all, with all the work over at ACC. So I really enjoyed um, getting to know more about the Bioscience Incubator and all the people there. One thing that I thought was amazing and what we wanted to, to chat about today is is this thing about learning and how we learn. And um, how we've learned for years, how the systems have been built. And then how that needs to have some disruption and, and, and make it more, more efficient. One of my things that I, that just I'm passionate about is efficiencies thing, making things more efficient, much easier. Like when I look at problems, I'm like, why does this still exist? Why are we dealing with this? Aren't we smarter than this? And the same thing happens like, uh, in education. One of the reasons that I started, you know, the magazine founding Austin is because I wanted to show a different path that people will take their own path and, and find their own way and make it as efficient and get, get where they want to go. And it doesn't have to be the traditional I've got to do all these steps that we've we've seen in the in the past. So with that, um Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nancy, welcome to the show. S- Sam or Samantha? Do you go by either or either? Samantha? Yeah. Regarding education, how, how we can make that more efficient and the work that Samantha's doing and, and, and through ACC, the, the biosciences incubator as well, is just how many similarities there are between me as an employer, because I've had, I've had many employees throughout uh, my careers and businesses. And the, their preparedness to to work and what what the challenges are there, and so you know uh, it, it it is definitely a subject that I was like wow this is we we definitely need to address this. So Sam, jump in. What are what are the things that let's let's just t- chat a little bit about yeah. you and what you do, and, and and let the audience. I know I know a lot about what you've done, but let's just chat with the audience about your background and what your missions are.
1: Sure, sure, yeah. I- we are the, the front end of that employee-employer pipeline, basically, is, is what ACC does, even more so. I mean, that's the mission of ACC, is to get our students where they want to go, um, whether mm-hmm. most of that, that's to a job. So I um, am a professor in, in the biology department. Uh, that's my, my home, and I uh, have been teaching ACC 10, almost 11 years now. Uh, But I also am involved in a lot of the uh, administrative stuff, um, faculty senate, that kind of thing, and um, some of the teacher professional development, you know, training the teachers on the high-impact practices of teaching. Basically, so we can get as efficient, Mm -hmm. one of your favorite words, so we can get as efficient (laughs) with our teaching, you know, so we're not just spinning our wheels, but we're really doing strategic and well-thought-out things in the classroom.
2: Um, and who comes up with that, though? Is that stuff that you designed or the college designed or how does that?
1: Yeah. So we what, had who, who came up with the that? program uh, that I, I'm referring to is called the Teaching and Learning Academy. And we hired out. Um, it ended up being 25 different faculty that were specialists in different things. And they created these modules. So each one of them has a developer of that particular module and they're all you know database mm-hmm. research um based high impact practices. So it was we the tagline is it was designed by faculty for faculty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really cool. What are some of the benefits that you're seeing or what are the, some of the changes you want to see?
1: Um <clears throat> well for for that in that program in particular, it, it mm-hmm. the so much it kind of goes back to to the point of what we were talking about so much of academia has been what's been handed down from your forefathers you know we have this very (laughs) you know like we're most of us in um in higher education are subject matter experts you know i was in the lab for Mm -hmm. years i was not in the classroom being taught how to teach and so you walk in as an expert in your field and you're doing a skill that has no background. So um, what we end up doing is mimicking what we saw because, you know, that's what we know. Um, And unless you specifically Mm -hmm. go out and hunt different things, you're just going to do what you know. And that's lovely Mm -hmm. to a degree, but our world has changed. The, the techniques of, you know, the sage on the stage where you've got the guy standing there lecturing, that was highly effective back when information was an elite, rare thing. And your job was right. to deliver information. Well, that's not the world mm-hmm. anymore. Anyone can Google right. anything. So the the role of the educator needs to change. It's I, me telling you a fact You know, I mean, half the time my students will pull out if they find something interesting, they pull out their phone and start Googling it and go, did you know? Did you know? Mm -hmm. Because they're, you know, you're
2: wrong teacher.
1: Well, And they and students will do that, too. You got to be careful. Um, But information is no longer a privilege. So what the educator needs to do is so different than it was. I mean, pre-Google. That was not that long ago, you know. Right. Um, So that's Mm -hmm. what that's what. That's what our passion is, is to get these teachers who have been living in this kind of antiquated world um, to change their approach so that we're we are preparing our students to go into that workforce in the current world effectively.
0: That makes. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. One of the things that I mean, as you were talking, reminds me of my daughter, she's 18, she's about to be 18 and. And yeah, it's always she's always on the phone. She's always fact checking me. Uh, it's one of these things that you don't realize that the world is changing in front of you. I, I, I was sharing a story with you guys the other day about um, I realized this. Oh, about eight nine years ago. I back back in the day, people ask you, you know, about something. You give your best guess. Here is based on my experience. Here is the answer. And so I grew up delivering that kind of language that those kind of answers. And then Google changed that for me because at one point, you know, it's like this BS meter's like, nope, that's not what Google says. You've got it wrong. And then all of a sudden, I found myself, oh, now there is this information available, which which there wasn't before, as you pointed out. Mm-hmm. And it's at your fingertips. And now I can just as easily look up a a factual answer, a more factual answer than what my best guess would have been. So I I just, but that was a wake up point for me about eight years ago when I was being called out, as I'm sure happens in the classroom all the time. And then you start being more careful about how you deliver your answers and understand what those questions really mean, which is is really cool.
2: So is that, you know, when you say you have to figure out a way to deliver information when they already have it. Is that the hands-on thing or is there really more of a helping people understand how to make, you know, decide what information that they're finding is accurate or, you know, what, what does that even look like? Cause I only exactly. see it from like the lab side.
1: Yeah, no, that's there. There's both sides of it. So first of all, you've got to teach them um, for, I don't know, lack of a better word, uh, discernment, right. You've got to teach them how to check the source that they're getting. Uh, and so mm-hmm. And and so that's part of the That's got to be
0: so important. Yeah, that's got to be incredibly important because mm-hmm. you pointed something out there that I hadn't thought about. So we went from, okay, I'm going to check Google to I'm going to check Google and sources because there is so much stuff out there mm-hmm. that's that you're like, what do I believe <laughs> and what do I not believe? Well, as long as sources. it's on Facebook,
2: it's real. I mean, I think then <laughs> that's like the easy way to just parse that out, right? Well, that's <laughs> what I always say,
1: that the internet doesn't lie. Of course, right. it's, yeah. No, that's a huge thing. Right. It used to be, you know, we would worry so much about like teaching people citations and you know how to properly mm-hmm. cite. Now it's like, what are you citing? Is more way more important.
2: Right. You're no yep.
1: longer going to the encyclopedia that has been, you know, verified. Yeah. So that's a huge part. I um I actually do a whole like lesson. I dedicate a, a day in my non majors classes so i'm like Mm -hmm. you are going out in the world in your respective fields you need to to have this in your brain and there are some really cool um kind of trick websites out there that teachers have developed that look really official Mm -hmm. and that are you know totally ridiculous when you do any kind of deep thought about it like one of them is banning water Uh but it uses the chemical name for a more chemical name for water and so all these students just are mm-hmm. like, I get them to write an essay about whether they would ban this or not. And every time it gets a handful of them, are like, dude, you're banning water.
0: Like, oh, wow.
1: You know, like you got it. You got to <laughs> really think it through.
0: That's,
1: yeah.
2: Right.
0: That's funny. So that's something you pointed out. It's really teaching and it's t- teaching critical thinking, mm-hmm. teaching how do you get the answer? Now, the information is available, but how do you get the right answer? you don't have to memorize anymore and, and and going back again you know beat up beat up on how institutions were built i mean we it was pre-information age it was more industrial age here's you do the same systematic way to, you get in and here's what factories want and as you pointed out that's no longer there so you didn't have to teach as many critical things it was it was more memorization it was more here's the processes and here's what you follow and everybody in the square Right. And now it's not that at all. Now it's okay. Yeah. How do you find the right answers? And how do you think outside the box? And how do you get from point A to point B as efficiently as possible, as low cost, and and and, and um, as quick as possible? So there's a lot more to you know.
1: Yeah. So unpack there. So part of it is the discernment, and then when you get into what Nancy was saying with the experiential part,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you can look up how to do something. But mm-hmm. when you do it, it's a different beast. You know, Like to me, it. Right. I was thinking, I was giggling about, you know, the, the world of Pinterest fails. Right? Like mm-hmm. I read how to make that and then I made it and my cake doesn't look anything like your cake. Well, there's the experiential right. teaching aspect of it. Just because you have, yeah. right, uh, you've watched somebody do it, you, and then you can't go out on the workforce and then be an expert in it because you read about it. Or you watched a YouTube video about it. There is definitely a uh, part of education needs to be applying this information, and um, in, in a in mm-hmm. a in a mentored environment where they're allowed to fail, and they're you know, right. and, and in some ways set That's up key. to fail. That really is like key. you really got to almost set them mm-hmm. up to fail, like. You you need to know what it feels like. You need to learn how to deal with this mentally and emotionally. But also you need to learn how to troubleshoot. And all of that you don't get from reading the, you know, the step-by-step description. There are all these finesse things that come with I feel with like experience. you don't
2: even get that. Like, you know, when you took lab class, I mean, I can only relate in the lab side of it, not English or whatever. But it's so true. It's like in every lab class, that like UT and all these universities, they have this recipe, you know, a mm-hmm. protocol, whatever you want to call it. And how many times does it not work, but you're out of time? And they're like, okay, well, this is what would have happened. All right, let's just go on. Mm-hmm. But if you really have to do that thing, <laughs> there's no, you can't go on. You don't, it didn't work. Like right. you can't do the next step if, if it right. didn't work. Right? You can't frost the cake if right. the cake is liquid. Right. Right. And, right. and people don't ever get that message because they just moved on and they get out of school. And I, I've i done it here where I had students that I was like, oh, let's play science. I mean, the students that we hire at the incubator mostly are doing maintenance. They're just running the place and they mm-hmm. totally run the whole place, but then they have downtime. And I'm like, hey, let's do some cloning, you know? Mm-hmm. And they'll set up a PCR reaction and it won't work. And they just don't even know what to do with themselves because it didn't work. And instead of just repeating it because it could have been that you just it didn't work, who cares, right? right. Like try it again. They're like, yeah, but I have to do something different. I'm like, maybe try it again. And then we'll figure that out. You know, like Mm -hmm. they just don't understand that it doesn't always work. And the reality is it doesn't always work. And and the reality is it
1: usually doesn't work when you're learning how to do it. Like there's so much to it that. Expect to too many places
2: for for error. Yeah. And, well, it,
0: and, it takes yeah. me to thinking about the person, the professional has been doing the the same thing for the t- twenty years. There's so many things that even if you had them to write a book, they're going to write the book. They're going to give you the <laughs> main points. They're going to skip the little the little details. Oh, you shouldn't touch this with your finger because this is what happens to the entire thing it employs. Right. And you
2: can't put that many details in it. You know, you just have to do it and let someone watch. And that's where Sam was just saying mentored. And that matters. Like you have to watch and go, ooh, I didn't say that, but. Right. You can't touch the side. Right. You know, oh, I forgot to mention that, but.
0: (laughs) Sounds like what's, what's starting to happen here is more, you know. Back in the days, a lot of apprenticeships were really big, you know, journeymen and all that kind of stuff. And now it's like if the college starts figuring out how can we build that, you know, what was happened before as far as apprenticeships and teaching and put them in or together and make that happen and have this hands on. One of the things that I wanted to touch on that I heard you say is, is fail. And I think this, if we look at old school teaching, everything's pass fail, pass good, feel bad.
1: Right. Pass good,
0: feel bad. And there's this ingrained thought that society has that fail is bad but you go talk to a bunch of entrepreneurs talk to a bunch of people that have out there and fail and fail fast fail on purpose and learn from it and, and it's actually a good thing i was talking to a um and this is where i would love for the language to even just the meaning of the language to change fail is actually good this is where you learn you have school that you learn your basics and then you get in the world and you fail and you continue failing the rest of your life. Every failure is education. Keep growing that.
2: Yeah. Even in improv, I did improv for many years. And the first thing they do in improv 101 is make you do a failure vow. So they give you this little thing like, all right, pass the ball and say a let you know, a word that begins with this, you know? And so it's going really fast and you screw up. And that, And you know it's a big deal. Everyone stops, and you stand in the middle of the room, and you bow, and they (laughs) applaud uproariously to make you see. Like that's when the audience laughs is when you screw up. Like that's the goal, you know. And so, getting over what you just said, Dan, of like being totally caught up in the word fail.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, if um, we
1: if we all knew what we were doing, then we wouldn't need education. Like I say this constantly, right. like if mm-hmm. you did it perfectly, then why are you here? You should be teaching the class. If you know how to do mm-hmm. everything, like you are learning.
0: I was interviewing a scientist from Austria and, uh, just fascinating. When I said the word fail, he's like, I don't like that word. And I'm like, why? And he's like, cause in America it's like fail fast, fail early, fail, you know, and just keep learning from it. He's like, I don't like that word. We use the word test scientists use the word "test." You you take Edison who failed at making the light bulb a thousand times, it's not failure. He just tested 999 times and right. then he got the right thing. And so just changing the, what oh. that means was so significant for me, the way he looked at it was really cool.
2: But that's our society too. You know, our yeah. society has this idea that, you know, you have to do everything perfectly. Accurate. But
1: you know, if you think about it, we go back to the information. If you're memorizing facts, you, you're wrong. Right, like if right. the answer is mm-hmm. five and you say four wrong, like you fail, mm-hmm. right? Like, but but when you're right. doing critical thinking, when you're doing these higher level mm-hmm. applied things, there's not usually such a black and white yes or no answer. Um, and so this concept, yeah, I always like to say, let's do an experiment. Let's try it and see what happens. Right. You got to frame yeah, it.
2: It's, you're changing the vocabulary. You've
1: got to. and 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 that's actually a huge Different. movement right now at ACC. Is the concept mm-hmm. of evaluation as a growth and a learning tool? You you're assessing your students. Mm-hmm. Um, that that you know the concept of like a test, and everybody's just like, "Ugh, I, I'm wrong. I didn't get it." It's like, no, 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 I'm showing you where you can improve. This is growth. This is not judgment. It's growth. And we're actually going through that with all of the the faculty right now, too, of like, when you get an evaluation, it's this is where you can improve. You don't want to get an evaluation that's all perfect because you're there's no you're not you're not getting any suggestions to get better. So that's like a huge thing um, right now. Undercurrent in the college is shifting that concept of judgment versus growth points.
0: A couple of points that I want to make and from a business side. So what I love about this conversation is it's the amount of, I've interviewed probably over 150 entrepreneurs and so a lot of business discussion. Of course, I've, I run three or four businesses myself and I've done this for a long time. So there's a lot of uh, aspects from a business owner perspective, an employer perspective where these employees are coming to that you... Um, want to make sure that message becomes really clear. And so one of the things you said earlier was, you know, if you do everything perfect, you know, you're here to learn. If you do everything perfect, you can't learn. Well, the thing about it is, even if you did everything perfect, the world moves so fast that businesses, the the whole life cycle of a business is you have the startup, you have the growth, you have the maturity. And then if you're not changing and growing, you're dying. Look at Blockbuster. You know, just as an example.
2: I don't know. This, I hear their stock's doing well. You,
0: <laughs> but just the cycle of some of these businesses, no matter how big they get, if they can't, if they're not adapting, if they're not learning from their failures and growing, they're going to die. It's a cycle. And so if you're going to go work for someone or, you know, from a student to go become an employer or your own boss, you You have to understand that you always have to keep changing and adapting or the business is going to suffer because the world changes really fast around you look at us right now we're doing this whole podcast on zoom i'm not zoom on zencast on video and this is something that we weren't doing a year ago this is the technology's there now we have to shift if someone is is stuck in one way of doing it and doesn't grow then before you know it you're you're doing things that are more costly and less effective and all that kind of stuff
2: but even like in the science stuff like you know when so I Sam and I knew each other because she was in the lab down the hall for me. I was in a lab at UT for 16 years. she did her PhD in the lab down the hall. And so even the stuff that we were doing then, like technology and the sciences has gotten outrageous. You do one experiment and you have enough data that you could be sitting there processing it for a year, yeah. you know, like from one experiment. And so it used to be like, oh, we need more people in the lab to put their hands on the pipettes to do the experiments. And now it's like, oh crap, we need bioinformaticians to process all this data from this one run, you know, mm-hmm. it's a totally different world, even at that scale, because the technology, you know, can just show you so much. Like one Google image, Google earth image, now zoom in and see all of the roads and label them all. And put that, you know, like same thing with genetic data or protein expression, or, you know, all of the things that happen in, you know, in science, you know, this vaccine stuff, whatever, but it's totally different
0: thinking, and skill sets. Makes sense. Sam, I do have a a question regarding thought processes. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that right now a big, big thing is figuring out this experiment, right? So these are the things that you can learn and be better. It made me think, though, um, once again, going back to the way school was done, is you had to focus on your failures or, or the things that you're not passing and become better at that area. The rest of the stuff... You were natural at or whatnot, but the stuff that you were not good at is what you were supposed to focus on. One of the um, ways that business owners look at it, and this is the way I build companies or I build employees, I don't try to pick people and put them in a position. I will create the position for the person, if that makes sense. So It's like building a basketball team. I'm not going to have all one type of player. I want to make sure I've had a diversified team and I'm not going to try to fit one person. I'm not, if the person's not good at three pointers, I'm not going to force them to sit there. It costs me too much money to force them to do three pointers. So as I bring someone on, I, I really watch for their skills and what they're really good at, and what they're passionate about. And then I see if there's a place in the team for that. And then really have them focus on what they love the most. Is that something that you look at in in teaching as well? It's like, look, this student is really good at these areas. How do we bring more of that out versus focusing on only the parts that they're not good at?
1: Mm. It sounds, it's very, um, and if you're familiar with Maria Montessori, it sounds very Montessorian approach where you find the passion of the child and then figure out how to teach them through that passion. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. There actually is. Uh, a, a whole movement it's called um uh asset based base thinking where we're trying to teach mm-hmm. teachers how to look at a student and instead of seeing a deficit oh they're not good at this i need to teach that mm-hmm. you say oh you're good at this let me teach mm-hmm. through it so yeah it is it's a whole thing called asset-based teaching and uh um we actually have a a, a, a well, he's been here a couple of years, but um, we have an employee at ACC who is trained to do um, a training on strengths based training. Like um, it's mm-hmm. in that case, it's more it. kind of for an employer where, you know, you've got a team of people, how mm-hmm. to identify the strengths of your team and then arrange your team to it. But we mm-hmm. um, starting in the fall, actually, we are our program is going to the kickoff of our program is going to be him coming to teach our teachers how to do that so that um oh really yeah cool. yeah so that our stu- our teachers have that in their 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 you know their their lexicon their toolbox they can they could go in and they can look and they can go okay you have these skills you know they have the ability to to um to even know what the skills are right like because like i i said most people mm-hmm. if, that our teachers have been have never been taught how to teach and they've not been taught how to lead most of right. them are not business owners right. or they don't have that, um, right. that background. Right. And so even, you know, the important- and they don't mm-hmm. have a staff right? right? and the importance of group work. Like we've known that forever. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you can't have a student right. who's never worked with anybody else and then send them out to a job where they have a team. Like it just doesn't work. But unless you teach your teachers how to establish healthy groups and teach your students how to be in a group, you know, like there, that's not been there. So, yes, absolutely. That is a, a big thing that our program has. has um, and, and actually, ACC has really been trying to do that asset-based instead of deficit-based mentality. So many of our students come in with the deficit. They come in feeling like they're not good students. Right. That's, you know, they've never done well at school right. or they didn't get into their college. And so they're not good. And so we have to shift that mindset to that yeah. a- assets. You're good at this. Pursue this.
0: Yeah. One of the things that, uh, that made me think about a little bit was just as a, as a, you know, Im- employer, when you're looking at, at building these teams and we as, so is the confidence level. So you're talking about, you know, th- there's so many, as you are going through school, there's all these questions, what do I want to be? What do I want to do? There's all these decisions that you're trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. But if you're allowed to play, fail, understand work in teams that passion will come out but the other thing is is and nancy you mentioned this the other day is just the there's another mentality shift that i think needs to change and it's it's really knowing that we're all human and we don't have the directions not the direction but no matter how successful how many businesses you have or failures you've got you just have experience and you know we're just we're just human. And so the ability to be able to connect with your employer or another mentor and have frank conversations and not worry about, oh, I'm taking up too much of their time. And that happens, you know, every day, all day long. And it's not just in school, it just it just happens. So just having that confidence, that ability. And I think, Nancy, you mentioned one of the neat things is about having the, the the space is that you are able to have students to have some knowledge, be able to teach some, you know, business owners that didn't know certain things that gives them more st- stride in their step.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, we have students that, you know, like I said, that maintain and run this uh, equipment and all these things. And it's true that PhD scientists slash CEOs tend to tend to think highly of themselves. Mm hmm. And so they do kind of know, especially in the lab, that's their comfort zone. They're like, oh, yeah, I know this, but they may not know that particular instrument. And so they'll come to me and say, hey, Nancy, can you show me how to use this thing? And I'll turn around and say, hey, Jolie, can you show him how to use that thing? And so now you have a two year student like training a PhD scientist how to use a piece of equipment. And it's true. You watch the PhD scientist kind of, you know, reality check themselves and, you know, a two year student kind of. <laughs> you know, up their confidence. And it's hugely impactful. I mean, it makes them walk in to the job after the internship and confidently apply for that job. Like I know how to use this stuff. I just ran this whole place.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's another huge benefit I see from the mentorship uh, type of hands-on learning is just feeling good day one of going into the job and understanding what's required. uh, It's hard to
2: pick them though. Like I have a hard time knowing, I mean, there's a a personality type, right? Of somebody that's going to walk in and I go, Oh yeah, just run it. And they're like, but I don't know how to work that thing. I'm like manuals on the thing, you know, like giving them that freedom and having them embrace it. There are some people that do. And some people are like, well, I, I'm going to read the manual one more time. And then you check with them a week later. Like, how's that going? And they're like, well, I I think I'm going to do it this week. And then you check with them a week later and they're like, well, and I'm like, okay, got it. Right. You know? And it's mm-hmm. just,
0: they're afraid to fail. Paralysis uh, they're afraid by analysis. to
2: fail. And I'm like, if it, you were going to break that, I wouldn't be telling you just go do it, right? And I'm like, I'm in my office. You're welcome to come grab me if you want help with it, but I trust you to just do it. And they're the people that have that personality trait that really kind of walk in and, and embrace that, even if they're like quaking in their boots when they do it, are the ones that all have really good jobs in in town. Like, because they, yeah, they embrace that, that thing you're talking about, Dan, of just... I got to just walk in and try.
0: Yeah. Got to try. Fail. It's not that bad to fail. It's actually a good thing. I'm learning from it. I, mean, if you know, I break I it. not get
2: fired and you know, I can't yell at. Exactly. You know, but but even just the whole thing you were talking about about exploring all the different things and you'll find your thing. But often schools aren't set up to let you. I mean, when I went to school the first time, I went to college twice because I failed the first time. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and I take a
2: out. Right. But I mean, the, basically I was doing that. I was just taking classes. that sounded interesting. And I was like, okay, let's see where it leads. And they were like, okay, it's this, you know, third year you have to declare a major. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure yet. I think it's going to sort of work this way. And they're like, no, you have to declare something. And I was like, no, I'm not ready. And they said, well, you can't register for classes. And so I dropped out, Wow. you know, and I dropped out for eight years wow. because I didn't want to pick something. <laughs> I, you know, and so it's, you don't often have the time to luxuriously take classes. They're also expensive, right?
0: Right. Just There's a, a lot that goes classes. in. There's a lot that goes into it. One of the businesses that I run and and by trade, I've done financial planning for years. And so finance is big whenever it comes to how to wisely spend and be more efficient on things. And and I've done a lot of research around education and how much tuition is and how much it's growing, and how it's inflation is you know, the out, outpace of inflation and, and just how much school debt there is across the nation. It's like second to housing. It is oh, in the it is. trillions. It's insane. And so what that means though, and, and the way I look at a big picture is means that your decisions have to be, you know, you can't be forced into down a path. You can't be like, choose this, you're your third year now, choose what you're going to be the rest of your life. Cause that pressure alone, you know, you're spending a lot of money as you, as you pointed out every person's investing in their future and just having that system where you have to do something on this, in this framework, it doesn't jive for everybody. It doesn't work for everybody.
2: And it doesn't necessarily have to be what you do for the rest of your life, but nobody tells you that. You know, I, I we work with a bunch of people in the community, my other lab spaces and other incubator type things that support the biosciences in Austin. Mm-hmm. And we have a learning series that we started. It's mostly geared at grad students at UT and be postdocs because they are trained to be a professor. And the professor jobs are so competitive and nobody's mm-hmm. going to get them. Mm-hmm. And nobody is telling them along the way, first of all, you better have a plan mm-hmm. and you're probably going to need more than just your PhD. So you better take the time to take that computer class or the business class or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but nobody's telling them that. And they So we have a learning series that we do monthly and we, it's called candid conversations. And it's basically find somebody who has what looks like from the outside, a sweet little gig. And they've got this great job in there. And most people look at that and go, Oh man, they did this really strategically. Mm -hmm. They went and did this and then they did this and then they got the job they wanted. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. they did this. And then they got laid off and then their husband moved across this thing and they had to find something in another town and they Mm -hmm. stumbled on this thing. And, Like Mm -hmm. most paths are like that. And people are going through these things Go, well, whatever I decide has to be what I do for the rest of my life, which is totally what I thought, you know, and that's why I dropped out, but it doesn't have to
0: be It's a lot of pressure there. There's a lot of pressure there. Of the, I'm going to call it 150 interviews I've done of the various entrepreneurs that I've interviewed, I have yet to find one that is doing what they studied in college. That's they didn't start a business of what they started in college. It's it's mm-hmm. there's re, there's there's definitely a point to point where you can see what how their life is and just what you just described. I can see how they got to the business that they're doing now, but it is a long journey from college and there, you pick up things along the way and you connect the dots and then you launch something. But it's really fascinating to hear the story of how they got where they got and back to your, what you were saying earlier, it's just this this imagination of, of what things should be a straight line. It never is. And that's what I love about these stories because it makes everybody more human. You're like, oh, that person is just like me. They had these kind of failures and relationships and startovers and this and that, and yet they still were able to do accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. So. Right, once they let themselves.
2: Well, mm-hmm.
1: that, really I, cool. I mean, I feel like we're that's a perfect example of going back to what we were just talking about, about being stepping out and being willing to fail. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I'm trained in this, but like an opportunity is, is over here and it's kind of adjacent and I didn't take that class and can I really do it? And it, that's, that goes into that being willing to you know play with the machine, even though nobody trained you on how to do it, just knowing that you may not get it perfect, but, you know you can do this that's something and that that's we can what teach. you're
2: teaching in the classroom right like teaching them how to trust their instincts find the information like
0: it comes at you fast and you got to be able to critically think what am I going to do next how am I going to adapt right. so
2: and people are more adaptable than they give themselves credit for I mean, you see this with kids like people like say oh my god the covid it's gonna damage my kids yeah it's gonna be a bummer but there are kids that get Abused and they, adjust. you know, like, yeah. I think COVID's gonna be right. A fail, getting fired from a job or laid off, yeah, it's gonna suck. But it's also teaches survive, right?
0: Yeah, it teaches you how to how to live differently and 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 be resilient. And focus sure, and I think on humans really are, important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, humans are incredibly resilient. You think about all the things that we've had in the last twenty years that we've had to, as a society, had to confront, and then how we it shocks at first and then you get used to it and then you adapt your living. And that happens in all areas of life for sure.
2: Right.
0: Well, I've totally enjoyed this conversation. I think that there's a lot of benefit from the listeners. The audience is young and older uh, to listen about how academia is changing to adapt towards the future and how uh, Samantha and ACC and uh, various people there. I think there's a lot of really great nuggets about how, from business perspective, business has to change all the time. And so education to get there also has to adjust. And I'm, I'm loving the efficiencies that are being built uh, with the learning because that's and what, that's what the future about.
2: What I'm hoping is that as as Sam makes progress with all of that kind of stuff in the academic side, that it opens up opportunities for the academic side to work over here at the incubator, right? Mm-hmm. More students coming out of that program, more faculty wanting to get involved. You know, my goal is to have faculty from every department in this college. Like you said, they're running their companies and they already know the bioscience part. What they don't know is the CAD design or the website development or how to make a video of their slick, cool technology or whatever it is. And ACC is just like a treasure trove of expertise. And if we could get everybody to embrace what she's talking about and get them to encourage the students to embrace that, I mean, we we could be a machine.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, thanks for being on the show. I can't wait to share this episode out and have some of that new stuff go out to uh, the, the kids that are listening. <laughs> Thank and you. Adults.
1: Thank
2: kids, you. Young
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank have you. Yeah. old. Yeah. Have a wonderful day. Take care. You too. Bye. Thank you again, Sam and Nancy, for joining us on Science in the Mall, y'all, and sharing your insight into contemporary education and how to prepare students for a successful career beyond the classroom. If you'd like to learn more about opportunities for students at ACC Bioscience Incubator, check out the link in our show notes. Science Them the Mall Y'all is created in partnership between Founding Media and the Austin Community College Bioscience Incubator. To learn more about their work, please visit the link in our show notes. If you learned something new today, be sure to like and subscribe and spread the wealth by sharing the episode with someone else.